this is Deion Dawkins, man, and you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast. This is Season 9, Episode 24. I'm OwlScoop.com editor John DiCarlo. Got a full house today. Kyle Gauss, Declan Landis. Ramir Vaughn and Johnny Zwizlak. Got a lot of good stuff ahead for you guys. Part of my conversation with Temple offensive line coach and run game coordinator Chris Wiesahan. Al Scoop subscribers can get the full conversation and access to the full interview on alscoop.com. Talk a little bit of men's hoops, talk some women's hoops, and of course talk a lot about the 19 additional signatures the Temple landed yesterday on the February National Signing Day. So uh, seven high school players. 12 transfers uh, from the FBS, FCS, and JUCO ranks. Uh, the Scoop, as always, is brought to you guys by Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured while on the road or the highway and the crash was someone else's fault, the insurance company is not going to be on your side. You need us. Temple Law grads will fight hard to get the compensation that you deserve. We only get paid if we win, so in Pennsylvania or New York, call us today at 215 261 7359. That's 215 261 7359. And you can find them on the web at greenspans law.com. Kyle had up on Zoom. Kyle Gauss, did that say so sorry? So sleepy. So sleepy. So sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. It'd be crazy. Kyle is uh Kyle's got some 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 long hair right now. Long hair. Sick in, sick in the gauss house, but we're grinding through. Sick days. How are much for the time week. do you have? How much time do I have? Mm. Who yeah. out? Who lives longer, me or King Charles? Let's find out. Ooh, <laughs> he's got one foot in the door. I will just threw one high and inside to jack up the intro banter. Yeah, there. I was gonna say you wanted intro banter. Yeah, we got it. Let's talk about the taking a shot at the royal family. <laughs> I didn't have that on my bingo card for today. Uh, Johnny, Johnny, what is the royal family's surname? I don't know. I'm not from England. Declan. Charles. You think no, you think Charles. Charles is his last name? <laughs> Charles, Charles. You think he's That's King no Charles Charles? Charles. <laughs> he was born with the name King. <laughs> <laughs> Please call me King. <laughs> they are from the no, house of Windsor. <laughs> Windsor. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. Windsor. Is oh, okay, I, I wouldn't have gotten that. I was listening to Declan. I we'll start I, over I, again. No, I'm 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 good. I'm good. Give <laughs> 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 record now, John. It is. I kind of John. Do you remember the SNL skit where it was Will Ferrell would come home and just chastise his dog for his long day? Like, oh, did you have a long day? Yeah. You just you just yeah. eating all the food uh, that dissing, I provide for you. Like dissing your dog. Yeah, dissing your dog. <laughs> I kind of feel like we take that tone with Johnny sometimes. <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> John, did, you, your did you have a? Sorry. Was it a long day? Did you? You burned the oil at both sides. Burned both sides Athletes of the candle. Now, because he's swearing. Yeah, dissing your Johnny. I, you know we love you, right? Oh, I know, I know. Don't worry. Well, don't. I mean, don't get overconfident about it. But yeah, we, okay, yeah, that's we, crazy. We love you though. I, mean, I don't know how to how to feel. Like, I just mixed. Well, mixed, that's a bigger. It's a bigger conversation. We'll have another time. How soon before you land a a podcast sponsorship with Ghost? Uh, my office after we record my office just smells like it and uh it's a good it's smell just probably yeah. keeps you awake you're yeah. welcome well, hours. we know how you get in the afternoon you know a little sleepy 
Yeah. A little ready to go home. It sounds welcome. like the ad read for it. You know how you get in the afternoon, <laughs> a little sleepy. Kyle, your your plans for your hair, I think you should grow it out. No, no, no. I meant to get it cut like four weeks ago. I'll get it cut. I have to go into Haddonfield on Saturday for my birthday party, so I'll get it cut before then. Oh, I thought you I thought you said you had a I thought you were gonna say that you had a new barber lined up in Haddonfield. No. That's a no, 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 no. Let me assure you, I am the Great Clips apps app guy. I bring up my phone, I go, oh, zero minute wait time at Great Clips. We're going to Great Clips. I could not care less. I have two kids. I've been married for almost nine years. I have nobody to impress. I am just shear me like a sheep. Why does not scoop Meg Gauss? Meg, Kyle said he has no one to impress. <laughs> uh, I told her this before, and she always retorts, like, I should be still trying to impress her, but no. Well, Meg and Chelsea are still planning at some point to start the Real Housewives of Val Scoop Ruse and start their own podcast where they just diss us the whole time. So I think I don't know. I'm waiting for the call in the future. I would think <laughs> yeah, that would mostly be Chelsea making fun of you. I think Meg, oh. Meg would Meg would just take it eventually being like, you know what? I'm going to take some jabs here, but like, you know, I respect my husband. I don't want to put air out. Or, <laughs> and Chelsea would be like, let me tell you what this dude did. Meg stinks sometimes. It's like, well, the last time I got to be around you guys, like if you say something, you insult me, she'll, you'll hear her just go, oh, <laughs> famous number 24s, guys. Ricky Anderson. Yeah, Ricky's big one. Whoever put Jeff Gordon on this list, you're stealing my gimmick, and I'm not happy about it. Pat, Pat, Egan, <laughs> Pat Egan, who has a mailbag question later on. Who in the, the show, F put making... Grady Sizemore on here before <laughs> Willie Mays? <laughs> it's Pat Egan. Oh, so Willie Mays. <laughs> All right, Pat. I I didn't mean that. You know, yeah. I, I apologize. I wasn't yeah. familiar with Pat your Egan, game. I Fanatic. thought it was one of these guys, the biggest Temple fan in the world, who did not go to Temple. Uh, he, his contributions, former Phillies, great Paul Hoover, Austin Matthews, Grady Sizemore, Namdi Asamoa, part of the dream team. Sheldon Brown was going to be mine. Love Sheldon. That was, Grady Sizemore, this week was, Grady Sizemore was a big, like early 2000s fantasy baseball guy, mid 2000s. Yeah. You're like, oh, this guy, five tool player. And then didn't do anything. Got injured, I think. <laughs> Johnny, can you name the five tools in baseball? No. Hmm, Johnny, give him, give it a go. Just is this from like a movie or something? No, it's not no, from it's a movie. A, the, uh, when somebody when scouts, yeah, manager hitting, building. No, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's more oh, it's more specific. It's more no specific for that. I think oh. it's hit for contact, hit for power, no. uh yep. glove, base running. Did you say Same building? Thing. Although imagine seeing Grady Sizemore on the mound, you know, that'd be pretty well, sick. Well, pitching's not one of them. It's hit. Pitching's it's not not one pitching. That's why I was, I was close. I was riffing. Speed isn't speed one of them? Do we say speed? I, I said that. Uh, five tools baseball. Look at us go. Um, okay, it's arm, it's arm, it's speed, arm. hitting for yeah. contact, hitting for power, fielding, and an arm strength. Nice, take More that out to the uh, what would you who, get? Who the Phillies open up with at home? Braves, Braves. Right, will you take that to Kyle's team and say, Hey, I got you guys need another five tools? I got them. What would you say? Uh, the well, five they tools have a guy in right field who you would call a five tool player. So yeah, they're yeah. probably keenly aware. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Huh. What would you say are the five tools of bad boy? Speed. Uh, uh, Don't drop thumb guard. Oh, come on, really? You got to bring that up. Don't worry. Okay, made fun of by John Crock. I couldn't help. Yes, John Crock will probably get you make fun of you. No, Tom McCarthy. That's yes. one of the five tools. 
knowing Tom McCarthy. Yeah. Yes. Cooking. Beard. Cooking. That's Cooking. Yes. Cooking. Making cheesesteaks. Making cheesesteaks. When do we get one of your cheesesteaks? Declan said. Yeah. Declan and Eric both have I mean, I could go for another one. I mean, yeah. I'm not mad at it. You got you to gotta come to. Let me know when you're coming to a Phillies game. We'll all go to a game together. Okay. That'd be hey, fun. We'll go to that Braves game. Maybe. Uh, Kyle's been known to be probably really game. expensive. Probably. I'm broke. Whatever. Eastern Sunday is. I'm going. Kyle said Kyle had two good ones from baseball. Ricky Henderson, Willie Mays. Yeah. We have uh Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Matthews. Ryan Matthews. Ooh. I was gonna say Kobe. That's the only one I know. Uh, that's too bad. Should yeah, not been else. quicker. No, why would I <laughs> no. I don't know. It's <laughs> good for one every time. What does what does uh scoop sponsor ranker.com tell us? <laughs> <laughs> My laptop's been broken for a week. I have no idea. How'd that happen? Uh, the hard drive just threw decided against... that it didn't want to work anymore. He threw it up. You know, you can just get a loaner one from the tech center, right? Yeah, but you can only have it for four hours, and I'm going to forget. Oh, that's changed. You used to be able to rent them for like a week at a time. No, you can't do that yeah. anymore. So I have to edit the gamer tonight on my phone, which is going to be tough. But there are a couple, we'll persevere. couple of obvious ones that we're missing. Another obvious? baseball player, one of the sweetest swings of all time. And Griffey Jr. Yes. Whose first name Former is stud at Michigan. what? What is King Griffey Jr.'s first name? No, oh, I should know this. I should know this. I should know this. Claire was telling me this. Um, because he was born in his father's from Bucks County. What what is this? Oh, come on. Um, I don't know. What, yeah, is, it? what is it? George, I believe. I believe it's George. Is what? It? <laughs> it's a G. I did not have that on the bingo card. Guy who just retired, very likable baseball player. Literally just retired. As far as I know, he just retired. Yes. Uh, I was thinking Beltray, but that was last year. Another guy uh, who was maybe the, the one of the pioneers of the stolen base. Ricky Henderson. Before Ricky. Hans Wagner. No, not that, not that <laughs> far back. <Time> Ruth. <laughs> no. <laughs> not that far back. I was trying to think of like an old his initials are his, his initials are LB. Tungsten Armo Doyle. No. <laughs> Wait, LB? Yeah. Lou Larry. Brunson. Lou Brock. Uh, that was, was pretty close. Look at me. Another guy did not wear this. He started wearing the number seven for the Pirates. Then he left wow. for more money. Okay. He can't give away the obvious stuff. I'm looking at it. You'll get it immediately. You should have just guessed it. That's what I would have done. Pirates and the Giants hit a ton of home runs. Barry Bonds. Yeah, Barry Bonds. Do it. All right. As I said, at the outset of the show, we're going to play part of my conversation with Temple offensive line coach Chris Wiesahan. Again, if you're an AlScoop.com subscriber, you can get access to the full conversation where he goes right down the line talking about all the new offensive linemen that they're bringing in, including some of the players he had a hand in recruiting, what got him into football, uh, what he does off the field, all sorts of good stuff. The portion of the conversation that you're going to hear here on The Scoop is him talking about how they replace a guy like Victor Stoffel, who's going to fill in at center, and just some of the challenges that lie ahead for them. So we'll play this clip of the conversation, and then we'll have more for you on the other side. You, you lost Victor to the portal, the cow, but then you have Wisdom Corsi yeah. coming back. What are you going to miss most about Victor? And then what, what's a plus about, about Wiz coming back for you guys? Well, I think, you know, Victor's got to make business decisions. I think there's a lure of that. So we wish him the very best. You know, Victor was 
a great teacher when I wasn't around. He really knew the offense and, uh, you know, wish him all the best. And then I think wisdom is really rolling into that role, if you will, and trying to uh, lead the room and, and be more vocal and, and be the teacher when the coach isn't in the room when it's a player led. So with Rich Rodriguez moving on, you're going to need to find a new starting center. Again, as much as anybody in the country, you cross-train guys. You've talked about it. Danny's talked about it. You, you teach them all the snap. You teach them all to be ready. Are there any guys from that group, whether it's Wiz or someone else, who maybe have – or maybe like their skill sets might lend themselves to be in the mix for, for the position there? Any interior guy will be, but, you know, like Klein moved in there from – from tackle right so like yeah. who's the best fit so that's why you do it you know when you have 22 different lineups in 24 games in two years you better have yeah. that piece prepared the new there's some new guys that are exciting but you know i'm not going to stamp anybody you know sure. that it's they have to go earn it so I, I you know no one's going to inherit this thing but yes i brought some guys in with that in mind and and still being able to grow tackles you know it's always hard to go get a tackle in the portal uh because it's just a challenging thing nowadays with today's market. So we're always probably going to grow our tackles and we've been fortunate to hopefully hit on some interior guys uh, and just see how it shakes out. When it comes time to finding guys at, at that position on the depth chart at center, what do you have to look for in the mental piece of it beyond the physical piece in terms of getting guys lined up, the communication piece of it, just that, just every, like all the demands that come with that part of it. Well, it, it's everything above the neck, right? It's the identification, you know, understanding the, the front structure, who are going to ideas the mic on the point, who we're going to, all those types of things. I do try and alleviate systematically how we do a couple of those things. I put a little pressure on the guards from a, an ID standpoint rapidly so they can communicate to the quarterback and the running back and possibly tight end with a signal so they know how our base rules will start. And then that, that alleviates one more thing for the center to say, and then and then we can go at a faster pace. But doing that also allows you to keep the guards engaged, right, and communicating, keep the back engaged and communicating. And, you know, the more you communicate concisely, you're probably going to have more success. Yeah, big thanks to Chris Weezyham once again. Again, a reminder, if you haven't subscribed to Al Scoop, Declan. What are you doing? Exactly. So – Subscribe. Good time to subscribe. A lot of signing day content on the site. You'll have the full interview with Chris. Let's talk a little bit about this class, the second installment of Temple's 2024 class, 19 signatures from yesterday, seven high school players, a couple of good ones, and Jamar Taylor and Tyree Alualu from North Allegheny High School. We'll have more on him in a second, but we'll go around the, the horn here. Guys, again, we say this all the time. Disclaimer is we'll, we'll probably know more about a signing class, maybe two, three years down the line. Sometimes you don't even have that long with the way college football works now at the portal. But give me a guy on maybe each side of the ball who you think might make an immediate impact. We did this with the December installment of the class and now with the February portion of it. Guy on each side of the ball that you think could help right away. Kyle, I'll start with you. Offensively, I'll go... Uh, Antoine Littleton, the transfer from um, from Maryland, had a big game against Michigan State two years ago. Uh, has a great story where he used to be like three hundred and some pounds playing running back. Uh, now is a little leaner. Uh, I think he has an opportunity there. I think they're going to continue to try to do running back by committee. Um, so even if it's Jacquez Smith, Therese Worthy, and Littleton, like I think there's different guys there. Defense, I will say, Cameron Stewart from Rutgers, and that is more of an indication of they're switching to a four, three. And I don't think they have that many traditional 
edge lineman on this team. Uh, so I think Cameron Stewart's going to have to play a fair amount just because he's one of the few guys that is recruited to play that position. Yeah, I think uh, I did a lot of studying on the freshman for the Temple News. So I'm going uh, for my offensive pick. I'm going Dabre Venu. He's a huge guy. Uh, had a lot of – he hasn't really played very long, but he has a lot of upside. Uh, he can play pretty much anywhere on the line and is cross-trained, which, as we know, we've talked about it. Coach Weezhan loves that. So I could see him making an immediate impact. And then on the defensive side of the ball, another freshman, I think uh, Wesley Brown could maybe be something. He uh, was really athletic coming out of Georgia, had 109 tackles and six sacks his senior season. I think uh, I think he could be somebody, especially at linebacker. Like you said, they're playing a different scheme this year. I think he could be somebody that just for sheer like lack of depth at that position that comes in and maybe gets some snaps early in the spring and maybe uh, maybe turns a turns a page a little bit and gets some playing time. For me, for offense, I'm I'm going Antonio Jones just because you know I watched him. There's a story up on Owlscoop.com about Antonio Jones. I heard about that. Yeah, if you haven't looked at it, good story. Look at it. Good story. But just the things that he brings, I think he brings a little bit of everything in terms of what you want as a receiver. And Temple needs somebody like that. They need someone with juice. They need someone who can catch the ball after the catch because they love, you know, the short passes. Somebody who could take a slant 70 yards for a touchdown. And defensively, I mean, you could you honestly could say any one of the linebackers, but I'm gonna say um Tyria Lualu or Alualu because he has that pedigree, that background. Stan talked about him a lot in um the presser. So you honestly could say any one of the linebackers, honestly. Stan had mentioned that a lot of what they uh that they did this like this offseason was trying to work in the trenches and going with kind of with Declan. I think Daver Venu brings them that size. And while he's, he hasn't really played football for too long, I think he has and Stan mentioned that he has an ability to develop and I think he'll be able to do that. And with the lack of depth that has been there at the offensive line, I think he adds another body there and I think he'll be able to be cross trained and be a big impact. And also going off of Ramir, and I know that you also tease it too, John, Tyree Alualu is someone that Stan spoke very highly of um, at the signing day press conference. He said he is someone that he's really, really excited about and the athleticism that he brings and also his background too with his father being in the NFL and his uncle being a Hall of Famer in Choi Palomalu. I mean, I think he's has the ability to be a big impact player. I'm going to go on offense. Grayson Maines, the South Carolina transfer, little tease to the interview with Chris. If you hear him, he uh, is, is fairly optimistic about him. Again, what coach doesn't like, all the guys are bringing in, but I think he has a chance to make an impact right away on the offensive line. And on defense, yeah, I'll go with Tyree. I know he's the the popular pick. but and So here's Stan Drayton talking about Tyree yesterday during his signing day press conference game. You can get the that full story and the full audio of it on outscoop.com. But here is Stan talking about the linebacker from North Allegheny High School just outside Pittsburgh. You know, I just think that there is a lineage. I mean, his dad's a pro player, too. I don't know if you knew that. His dad was on the uh, played defensive line for the Detroit Lions this year, played in that playoff game. You know, so he's got a long history of, of NFL lineage in his family and, you know, uh, understanding what, number one, it takes to get to that level. Um the commitment, you know, seeing the sacrifices that both of those two individuals have to make to, to stay at that level. You know, his dad's, I want to say, 11-year vet. 
you know, that's that's huge for for a young man who has the hopes and dreams of going to the NFL. There's, you know, guys who say that, and then there's guys that that understand what it takes to get there. And, and having that lineage in his family um, puts him a step above that way. Um, he's a guy who who's played at a very strong North Allegheny team this year, uh, competed for a state championship and all that good stuff. And, you know, he's a guy who played both ways, he played running back and he's playing linebacker. What we found in, in, in our past is that, you know, those guys who have transitioned from running back play to linebacker play do extremely well, you know, uh, they understand run fits, right? They understand what the running back's trying to do. They understand how the offensive line is trying to block them. And instinctively, you see it on film, man. When you see certain double teams and see certain schemes, that kid triggers, man. You know, he triggers and he's there. He, he understands. And I think that a lot, a large part of that has to, has to do with his vision as a running back. You know, so the instincts are going to be there. You know, he's not a very big guy. You know, but he's very, very explosive on contact. He's good at tackling, you know, but his ability to anticipate uh, schemes is going to be something that he's going to be a, a strong suit uh, for him. You know, it's going to be something that he's going to thrive at. It's only going to get better with good coaching from Coach Woods. So um, I'm very, very excited about him. You know, he's going to be a hell of a player for us. And he was a team captain for, for a state championship team. And, you know, he's going to bring that leadership here and his personality along with us. And, and uh, very, very excited about him something else i'd throw i wanted to throw in really quickly before we move on and talk some hoops here and then get into the mailbag paul zeiss is a friend of mine works out at the pittsburgh post gazette and he works on the fan sports talk radio station out there in pittsburgh we used to work together out in south jersey at the daily journal for gannett paul's son uh elijah was a very good player at north allegheny he went on to play at Pitt. temple was his runner-up uh he very very strongly considered temple went on to be a very good college linebacker paul lives out in the area, keeps tabs on the North Allegheny program. And I asked him about Tyree because he was a pretty good, again, he's got to come here, he's got to play, he's got to you know show that he can get on the field. But asked Paul about him, and he said, this, this was Paul's text to me, he's an absolute beast. His dad was in those tackle with the Steelers and Lions, which we know. And he plays just like his dad with athleticism, recklessness, and angry. I love him. I was shocked he didn't have bigger offers. I thought he was one of the three or four best players we had around here this year. So... I'm wondering again, like Kyle, I think we'd probably text about this. Like he had some bigger offers early on sure. in his recruitment that might've dried up a little bit. I don't know if that was a, a product of again, like it, where recruiting is headed now, even more so where you have some early offers and unless you're, you know, an elite, elite, elite recruit, the teams are going to wait for It's like, you have a spot here. It might dry up pretty quickly due to the portal, or they might have a couple of guys on their recruiting depth chart and they move on. But it continues to sound like Temple got a pretty good player in in February, so we shall see there how things shape up. Men's hoops, you know, by the time you guys listen to this, Temple will have played Memphis, the whiteout game. We'll see what type of crowd they get. We know where they are. They're on a losing streak. The two overtime losses, we'll talk more about them next week. I can't remember if we have any mailbag questions about them. I, I will point you guys out again. If you are an alscoop.com subscriber, you can read Johnny Zuislak's story on Aiden Tobiasen. All three of you guys went to go Oh yeah, see yeah. him this past weekend. A long, long, long day at the, at the Chase Center. Declan, you were doing some play-by-play -play work or color yeah. commentary work? Color commentary. Very emotional day. Very beautiful day. So, for those of you that don't know, it's called SL24 mm -hmm. based out of Delaware. Um, it's a charity devoted to mental health and suicide prevention started in memory of one of my family friends. His name is Sean. 
um, Sean Locke. Just it's a beautiful day. He uh, he played basketball at University of Delaware. Uh, that was really his passion, and um, so every year they do this tournament at the Chase Field House in Wilmington, and it's it's a tough weekend, but it's it's a great weekend for a good cause. They raised over six hundred thousand dollars, so incredible. But yeah, we uh, dragged them out of bed, got them down there. We were down there all day watching Delaware hoops, so a lot of fun. And we're statistically speaking. And again, like star players have their high scoring games. They have some games where they're more facilitators. This was a 10.10 rebound game for Aiden Tobias and struggled a little bit with a shot, which isn't entirely, uh, that's sort of uncharacteristic for him. But yeah, it's one game. What'd you guys, what'd you guys think? Well, you've seen him a couple times now. Yeah, two or three. I mean, just this season alone. But I think the biggest thing was how big of a factor he is for that team. Like the defense zeroed in on him all game to the point where Saney's had to make other players beat the, um, they were playing Howard. Howard, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he really started to, to shine in the third quarter when he uh, they just started running the offense through him. So it, he's the playmaker. He's a difference maker. He can do it all, and he's just so hard to defend. Like, that was the biggest thing. Um, but I, I really zeroed, on, zeroed in on his defense this weekend. He was all over the floor. He was really good at closing out on shooters from distance. Uh, his help defense was really good. If you watch him play, his head is constantly like bouncing, like the way he he moves, he bounces up and down and is like head on a swivel the whole time. He's just a very like smart player with how he plays defense. So that's something to look forward to if he can uh, continue that, maybe harness it a little more next year. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I agree with you, Declan, with the defense. I think that was like the big takeaway that I had where it was his length, the the way that he's able to be able to that with the help defense, the way he blocks passing lanes. I know me and you were during the game it talked about, I think when he was calling the second quarter, uh, like the way you like the way his hands are always up and he deflected a couple passes and forced turnovers. Oh, more than a couple. He, I mean, just the way he like is so active on defense, I think is a big thing. And it, it kind of reminds me of Jaleel White in a way, the way he is on defense, how active he is and how in those passing lanes he is. And I, I think that's a really big thing. Heard a stat keeper. He had like three deflections. Um, Who was the stat keeper? It was yours truly. <laughs> and I think he's an an AAC defender right now. Like you go plug him into the drop him into AAC right now, and he'll be a very very good defender. I do think he his offensive game isn't there all the way yet in terms of consistency and you know just making plays consistently and shooting the ball consistently. Which you know that that'll come with time and him getting more experience. He's got a good looking shot though. I would yeah, say yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just knocking it down consistently for mm-hmm. end game. So there's they're 14 though. I don't know if, if St. Elizabeth's played since this weekend. Uh, they did. I believe they won. Yeah. So they're still, that would put them at 15. No undefeated top team in the state. Uh, at the time that Johnny wrote this story, Aiden was averaging 19 points, eight rebounds and five assists through 14 games. So a good look at one of two players from the 2024 class who have signed with Temple. Of course, Dylan Petit is the other one guys, the up and down, Play of the women's basketball team continues, but you know again you continue to see some encouraging stuff, some stuff that they just need to turn the corner on. That USF coming up right on Saturday. Yeah, what do you make of this team? I feel like I ask the question that way each week, but yeah, I mean we we keep talking about turning the corner, right? It's uh, quarters getting closer and closer. You mm-hmm. know, not not a lot, not a lot more time to to turn the corner. Um, it is. It's they get in their own way. And we talked about it a little bit just, you know, off the air, like 
they always have one quarter that just bars them from being in any game, whether it's they start out slow in the first quarter or they have a lot of rhythm and they kind of slow down in the second quarter and pick it up after that or the third quarter they come out flat. Like there always just seems to be one quarter where they fall apart and it and it like hurts them. Um, I think that's their biggest thing is is they can't play four quarters of basketball. Like it's been a while since we've seen four good quarters. And that's that's really the, what kind of killed them in the past week. Um, I, I do think, you know, call me crazy, but I do think that this is really a team that can compete. And granted, there are 10 of those in the American right now that can, you know, make a, a significant like argument that they should win the whole thing. But I do think Temple's one of them. I just think that, they need to really lock in for four quarters of basketball, and we just haven't really seen that. Would would we call Declan crazy for saying that? I don't think so. I'm kind of on his side with this uh, of it. Thanks, I man. Think. No, yeah, no problem. Appreciate that. Of course, <laughs> Diane came on my uh, our Tuesday show that Jason and Ryan and I have on WHIP Radio, and she I asked her find us said, anywhere on the iHeartRadio and Radio FX app. That's yeah, right. The name of the show. Uh, the main event. There we go. What time? Three to four on WHIP Radio on, on the iHeartRadio. Did you choose on what day? Tuesday. Tuesday. What is the main event Tuesday. just like a, a WHIP like dynasty thing? I feel like Greg Frank used to have like the main event. Greg Frank used to be on it. Zach Galb used to be on it. Yeah, it's a long standing show. Yeah, it is. It is. It though. I mean, a little bit, but not I'm here really. Up the lineup a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Program director, former program director. Acting program and director. Acting program director emeritus. Yes, emeritus is a good Johnny, go ahead. But no, I, I was just like, she came on the show. She talked for 15 minutes. And I, the one I asked her, I was like, what's one thing that like is like contributing to the inconsistencies that you need to do better going forward? And she said, it's been the communication, whether it's on defense or offense. They're not talking when, um, when there's backdoor cuts or, um, on switches on screens. And I think that's, that, that's the one thing that they need to, that they need to fix because the American, you have to be a tough defender if you want to succeed and you want to go far. And I think if you're not communicating, you're not going to be able to do that. And one of the things she said they were doing is she's miking them up during practice and connecting it to the speakers to see so they could see who's talking on defense. I thought that was funny. Interesting. Couldn't they just Would find out who was talking on defense day? by like listening to who was talking on defense? Why do they need to pump? Why do they need to pump? I think it's so it's connected to the. I think it's so it's connected to the loudspeaker, so like everyone, even when they're not playing, a lot of good points. Huh. Okay. (laughs) Um. Yeah, you know how like they say some teams are never out of games because like oh they could always go on a run or you know like the Phillies are never out of games because they're a power team. Temple's never out of games in the bad way. Like even when they're up fifteen, they're never out of that game. Like they, for better or for worse, they have a reputation at this point of a team that blows leads. They did it for the last two weeks. They were a Tierra East uh, buzzer beater away from going 0-3 during that stretch. Um, it's it's a little concerning to me because they're not that young of a team. Like, yes, there there's young people. I like Julissa Molina is young and like Tristan Taylor is young, but like Leah Nelson has been playing for six years. Diane Richardson shouldn't have to be still kind of figuring out with them like why where's the communication so like that's a little concerning to me but on the other end it's they're like two plays away from being seven and one in the conference and everything fine so i feel like they got to be more consistent in late game situations because i was going over you know their schedule and their wins and losses and stuff and when over like the last month since december started when they win games they win games like they're convincingly winning games, but when they lose, it's always a close loss. And I'm working on the story about um, Demi Washington and her performance over the last couple couple weeks and how she's performed four out scoop. 
check it out when it come out. But she, I talked to her recently and I asked her, I was like, so, so why is that? Like, why do you guys can't seem to put it together at the end of like close games? And she was just like consistency. And yes, like they're, they are a very inconsistent team. Like sometimes they're shooting the ball really well. Sometimes they're not shooting the ball really well. Sometimes they're playing really good defense. Other times they're not playing really good defense. It sometimes it feels like it just depends on the night and they have to find a way to string good defensive performances, good shooting performances together. And if you can do that, that's a big if, because battling with consistency now in the season is kind of like, it's, it's who you are. So yeah, any team can talk about consistency. I kind of agree with, with, with Kyle, where it's like kind of concerning, like what team, unless you're a top five team all season, that's like undefeated or has one loss that's consistently consistent all the time when you can say we're inconsistent and you say, okay, why? So We'll see. See what happens this weekend on Saturday against USF. Follow Al Scoop for a coverage of the game. Let's get into the mailbag. Uh, first, first question. First couple questions here coming from Twitter. The first one is from Andrew Forgotch on Twitter. More than 40 signees for football. Are these numbers we'll see regularly or will it depend on the year or the situation? Kyle? Yes. Uh, I think I think 42 <laughs> is, is extreme. I mean, that's literally half the roster, right? Like half your scholarship allocation coming in one class is probably not the new norm but over signing i, I know uh drayton talked about this about how he thinks programs are just going to habitually oversign going forward because inevitably you'll lose people in may that um maybe weren't necessarily expecting but i think a lot of this was for as frustrated as temple fans are about going three to nine three straight years Stan Drayton is also very keenly aware that he cannot go three and nine next year. So I think there are some guys they brought in that they were like, look, we need some plug and play dudes. We need to build depth here. We we can't afford to take just high school kids and figure it out. So I would expect bigger classes going forward. I don't think 42 is normal, but that being said, Temple's not the only one. Like Oklahoma brought in 40 dudes. Like it's happening everywhere is there's a lot of movement going on. Yeah. And of course, if they ever make any sort of discernible progress with, with NIL or they win a couple more games and they start to make a little bit more progress there, then yeah, maybe they don't have as much turnover, but again, some good national context there from Kyle. Next question from Glenn, Glenn Phillips on Twitter, had the chance to meet Glenn earlier this season over in Lockheed prior to a game. His question from Twitter was so many new players coming in and out. What should the expectations for football be this fall? Have has to be ball eligibility, right? Or it must be competing for a conference title. I think it's a little bit closer to bowl eligibility as opposed to a conference title. Right here, you're you're anytime this topic comes up, you're very, you, I don't want to say you're very very pessimistic, but you're not as optimistic. I'm as, not. It's, it's yeah. All it is, I'm not. I it's pessimistic. It's pessimism. I whatever you want to call it. it I'm I'm not. I don't feel, think feel this your team, feelings. Let it flow through you. I don't think this team is going to be very good next year. I don't see a win in non-conference play. Maybe maybe they get UConn. Wait 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 wait. You think they're going to go 0-4 in non-conference? I do. Why? Like, if they're they have... Just, Coastal, U, UConn might be the worst FBS program in the nation. Like, they're... It's way far off. It's, it's, when, when I... When I it's, it's the same thing with the basketball team. It's like, we'll, we'll look at the schedule and be like, oh, okay, they should beat this team, forgetting that Temple is a bad team as well. And... If I, like I said, I think they go 0 4. They're one win. If they get a win in, in non conference play, it will be UConn. 
they're they're going to start 0-3, and then we're going to hear all the, you know, fire stand, let's do this. What, what, what about the football program? Is the football program going to get any better? We should have hired Fran Brown. You know, all of the stuff that, pretty you much know. Hit it all on. Yep, yep, I pretty much covered it all. Everything that we've heard since, you know, for a while now. Mm-hmm. And then the What American- has Blake Anderson ever done in his career that makes you think, yep, Utah State flying across the country? To Philadelphia, that Temple, Temple doesn't stand a chance. Wise. So is Utah State, man. There's a lot of bad football teams. I'm I don't have faith in what I see here. Now, if I had more, like, if they gave me, I'm I'm a big believer on you have to show me first before I start just giving you stuff, right? Like, okay, if, if they if they can prove to me that they can beat bad teams. I'll give them, I'll give them, okay, they can beat bad teams, but they they haven't proven to me that they can beat bad teams. They're a Taiwan Francis interception away from losing to, no, no, I'm going to say this. They're a great defensive performance away from losing yeah. to Akron. Yeah. Norfolk State, good for them. Navy, like, we when we previewed Navy, we said if they can shut down the one thing that Navy is good at, they'll have a chance to win, and they did that, which is good. What an, don't do it what an asinine comment in, in hindsight. If you can shut down the one good thing that the Navy, if you shut down the option, well, yeah, you're playing an option team. That's, that's yeah, what it is. Exactly. It would have been the same way with Army. It's the same way with Air right. Force. But it's, they don't they don't inspire me to believe that they can win. Plus, with all the things that happened this offseason, a whole bunch of change. There's going to be more. There's more changes on the offensive line. There's more changes on 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 defense. Whether it's you know who's going to play in the secondary. You you lost all your linebackers or all your linebackers. So let, with, let me know, experience. Let me talk DJ about that. Is coming let me back. comment about that real quick. Whereas outside of maybe Jordan McGee, who cares? Like to be blunt, like they like they were a bad defense, right? So like losing these guys on defense, you're saying you have to replace everybody in your secondary. They were a bad secondary, so like it can't be worse. Like it, I mean, replacing them, replacing them with guys who have no experience. Well, some of them, but that's not the case. But, that's not the case whatsoever. I think they brought in a lot of guys on defense that have a lot of experience. We got a good at, debate going here at at um, this at this level at the FBS level. Yeah, Tory Richardson started 24 games in the last two years at the FBS level. Okay, so they 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 have experience. Now you got to get everybody to mesh. They they have to learn a new system. They have to learn a new scheme. Like it's just different. It's a whole lot of moving pieces and different things and variables that make me think that this team is not going to win a lot of games. Would you say that you have put the latest chip on their shoulder? Because I, I think if so. there if there was a drinking game in yesterday's press conference, it would be Gosh, yeah. chip on chip on just chip on their shoulder every time every time Stan Drayton said chip on their shoulder. Take a shot of ghost energy. Johnny would be able to run from here to Wildwood in I seven would. minutes. I would. I he what said. What was that mile time for you when you were in high school? Four thirty. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Quicker than you out there. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I I want to believe that this team will win more than three games next year. I want to, but right now, as of right now, and what I've seen from them, I know we have to, you know, we have to wait, and some things have to, you know, play out, and we have to figure out who's doing what, who's starting. You know, they they don't even know who's starting that quarterback. It could be Forrest Brock for all we know. And <laughs> Declan's face. I hope not. Well, but small sample size for him. Yeah. He played one half. Could be. He As showed a better Rod arm in that one half. Like I like to point out. Did you say the great? The great, <laughs> the great, the great, Rod, the great, great Rod Carey once said, 
guys are allowed to be better. It was Kyle, Kyle point out. It was his greatest contribution to it was his greatest contribution to Temple football that and uh, certainly disappointed in the outcome. And yelling at Ray to get off his phone. To be fair, Ray deserved Ray deserved that though. Like that was that was on Ray. <laughs> he did a little bit. <laughs> he just looked at Rod and was like, Man, I got a lot of tables right now. <laughs> Kyle. I don't know. Closer to bowl eligibility, not, but they're not. Yeah, so that's that's the thing that frustrates year. me right now is I don't want to paint the picture. I don't want to be put in the corner that I think they're a bowl eligible team next year because I don't. Like I don't think that. But like the difference between Temple and UConn and Temple and Utah State and Temple and Coastal Carolina is not the difference between Temple and Oklahoma. And I'm not gonna just automatically chalk those up as losses. I'll say, but the rest of the schedule is easier than last year. You get guys at home. That normally freaking um, bad teams at home, but no, I don't think they need to go seven and five or San Drayton to feel safe next year or anything like that. I think they just need to show some improvement. You I'll say they're four first. and eighteen next year. I'm gonna say they're gonna go four and eight. Kyle said it. Set aside your plans. Keep early December open for the conference championship game. Sure, that that's what I heard. I, I think bet. their biggest thing is they just <laughs> they just need to compete in games. Like that's. I think that was the most like it's a lightning take right there. They got to compete, but that no, I mean like it was three and nine with a lot of bad losses. Right. Like even if it's like a four and eight, like Kyle said, with some com- some competitive losses. Mm-hmm. Like that's when we were when we were sitting here a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about somebody in the mailbag, one of our esteemed listeners, and thank you so much for doing it. Asked us, did they take a step back? And one of our main points was they were three and nine with some close losses year one. This year it was three and nine with a lot of just bad losses or wins that they should have had and got in their own way, right? Like, I think if if they show some just improvement enough that even if it's not in the record book, if it's it's you know four, you know one one score games where anything could have happened and they fall short, like with the talent that's on the roster, I think even that is a step up. So, I I am it's it's bowl eligibility, no question, but like. I'm not even looking at that right now. I, I'm looking at can they be competitive in games? Next question here from the message board from one of our longtime subscribers, Green Street Al. It's the screen name. If it's not too late, it's not Green Street Al. You got it in a little late, but happy to get the question in. Let's put Deion Dawkins aside because he's in a different category. You already know. Am I, am I reading the question here or are you reading the question? I just wanted to add in. Add some flavor to it. It's like when Lil John hops on an Usher song. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw that, that sample space. size of one. That yeah. one Usher yeah. song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Lil John yeah. jumping on other yeah. Usher songs. Yeah. Like confessions. You see Lil John in the background. Awesome. <laughs> My confessions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Sick. Tell me you wouldn't listen to that. <laughs> We just did. That's what I'm saying. We'll get back to you. Um, if it's not too late, Green Street Al asks, and let's put Deion Dawkins aside because he's in a different category. How many years in the NFL do Tyler Matakavich, Sean Bradley, Rock Yassin, PJ Walker, and Chosen Anderson, anyone else I'm missing, have left in the NFL? Uh, I guess he missed Brandon McManus, right? And some other guys. I'm asking this from a positive standpoint. Hassan Reddick missed Hassan, right? I'm I think he's saying the fringe, the fringe guys. Like how long? Oh, French guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm asking this from a positive standpoint, knowing they've all probably exceeded outside expectations of their NFL careers and the Temple fans should continue to be proud of all of them. All right, let's start with Tyler Matakavich. 
I mean, that's got to be. That's got to be coming to an end. I think. I think the opposite. I think he's he's lost a lot of his special teams responsibilities on the Bills. He's no longer like their okay. gunner like he was his first couple of years. I think it's probably. I mean, it's been eight years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I don't know, maybe has a couple more. Yeah, I mean, you get a ten-year career as a backup linebacker yeah. and special teamer. That's uh, that's, that's the problem with him. Versus like a Sean Bradley is like Sean Bradley in theory, if they needed to, when he was healthy, if they needed to put him in at, at linebacker, he's athletic enough to do that. When Tyler Malikavich has to play like actual linebacker snaps, it's a problem in the NFL. So that goes against some on special teams too. Sean Bradley, we'll see, obviously coming off the Achilles and he, he was in a contract year. So he's, I mean, he's a free agent right now, right? Sounds right. Is he? Yeah. So the Eagles have a new defensive coordinator and Vic Fangio, new linebackers coach, no longer DJ Elliott. I think DJ's back at, at EO, knocking on the door. Psst, Stan. No. <laughs> Steve, what's up? Sorry. Anybody home? <laughs> Hello. Uh, I like DJ Elliott a lot. I, I like DJ. I hope he, I'm, I'm not sure if he's landed on his feet elsewhere yet, but Sean Bradley could see him playing a, a few more years in the league. Again, I don't think yeah. he's a starting caliber linebacker. Like uh, The one thing that I'll... Tyler. I'm not going to say offense, but offense. The one thing I'll take offense to with this question is I don't think Rocky Sin should be in this conversation of like, he's exceeded expectations in the NFL. Like he was a second round pick. Like he's expected to still be in the Mm -hmm. NFL and still contributing. Mm -hmm. If anything, he's been a little bit of a undersell in the NFL. Like he really hasn't carved out that role. Yeah. TJ, I could see knocking around a couple more years just as a, as a, as a backup. Again, we know I love PJ. He's had, the chance to start some games we i think we can fairly say he's not a consistent long-term starter but i think he's put enough on tape to where he could bounce around um, you know would you want him as the eagles third number three quarterback behind no. a, you know, a tanner mckee or uh no no, no. the he's issue yeah he's a he's a guy who i bet you he'll still play a couple more years but it's because like it'll be he's not on a team not on a team some team gets injured and they bring him in in november because he's like a veteran mm-hmm. guy who can kind of come in and just like steady the ship a bit. But like, no, like that's the other thing that works against him is if, if teams do carry three quarterbacks, that third team, that third quarterback's usually a developmental guy. And PJ's yeah. almost 30 now. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, look, if, if AJ McCarron's still getting calls to go play in the XFL or whatever, then like PJ can, PJ might be able to uh, collect a couple more game checks too. Pat Egan is going to close us out here with uh, some mailbag questions. He's been promising. Uh, as usual, he's got the serious one and then the funny one. The serious one are on topic. Who's got the brighter future, the football team or the basketball team at Temple? What's the off? What's the timeline? I don't know, Pat. Think of me a timeline. Future. We'll say we'll say <laughs> five sure five ten twenty. Well, look, they'll, oh, 20, they'll all 20. eventually get burnt out when the sun goes black, right? Like when the sun yeah. just stops producing heat, that's the end of both Temple basketball and Temple football. Um, <laughs> some, so, would I don't say, know, some would say existence as we know it. Yeah, I'll be dead by then, Declan. So I wouldn't say that because my existence as I know Kyle, it. I'll always like if he were if he were like a, a like a risk management guy, like an actuary, Kyle's mortality tables would look a little bleak. He always projects an early death for himself. Do you not? That's fair, right? You always say, like, I'll be dead in seven years, ten years. The timeline changes, but it's usually brief. For a while, I didn't think I was going to live past 30. 
That was kind of like a thing in my 20s where I was like, inevitably, I will die in my 20s. But then here we are. I'm still kicking. I'm yeah. still out here. <laughs> you got to set the bar low. So anything over that is a success. I just always had the feeling that like for being in the wrong place at the wrong time, something would happen to me. They'd be like, <laughs> Kyle died in the when the chickens got out of the coop and the, the grain silo emptied out on them. Like, it'd be something <laughs> insane like so Kyle, the, Kyle, your untimely demise aside, who's got the uh, brighter future, the football program or the or the, the great uh, basketball program? Great well, did you say segue. 5, 10, 20? Is that what you said? That's, that's just, let's say five years. We don't have time for for 20 years. Anyway, going to be, be dead in 20 years. It's going to be me. All right. Nobody wanted to say it. You said the quiet part loud. We were all thinking it. Uh, <laughs> I still I still think basketball, just because I think it's easier to, quote, unquote, fix basketball. Right. Like basketball doesn't have to worry about despite what John Rothstein wants to yell into the void. It doesn't have to worry about being in like a who cares conference or like the facilities or anything like that. Like they just need to figure out recruiting like via NIL. And like with basketball, you can get that done with like two kids. Like you hit on two kids, then like everything's great. Like is that Aiden Tobiason and Dylan Petit? Who knows? Is it somebody else that's coming down the pipeline? Who knows? I think basketball has a brighter future. I expect them to be better next year than they are this year. I 100% agree. I think it's the basketball program is not an easy fix, but it's a way easier fix than the football program with the state of where the, where football is right now. It's more of just a stepping stone for players that have more eligibility after looking to transfer up or it's people coming in with a last chance with one year of eligibility left. With basketball, you can get one or two guys like Kyle said and then all of a sudden you win – a couple of games, you, maybe you're a bit stealer and you're in the tournament and people have their eye on you. And then recruiting's fixed and p- p- fans come to games. I, I just think basketball in five years, if you hit on a couple of recruits with Fisher and people like him, I think that's a it's fixed way faster. Do you think I'll be alive in 20 years? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, he hesitated, but um, I think... Uh, Kyle, like, briefly mentioned... Wait, what did you say? I said he hesitated. <laughs> I was just caught off guard by the... Qu- I wasn't expecting that follow-up. Uh, Kyle has a look on his face like, yeah, I'm not so sure. <laughs> look, I mean, anything can happen in 20 years. Including your untimely okay. demise. Very morbid. <laughs> right, Mir, who's got the brighter future? Football or basketball? Say something positive for once, for God's sakes. Oh, uh, it was it was less positivity. Positive <laughs> <laughs> it was less positivity coming, but I would say the basketball team is 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 the obvious answer. Like to be honest, there's a lot of question marks surrounding the university itself, which means there's question marks, more question marks surrounding football. So I don't have you know a crystal ball or anything. So who knows if the football program is even going to be a thing in you know five to ten years. Ooh. This but, that's like been like the evergreen hot take for the last like 25 years. People were like, well, it doesn't matter because in 20, 2007, the football team won't even be here. And guess what? They're still kicking. They're still here. Okay. <laughs> They'll still be bad. But <laughs> the, the the basketball team, like Kyle said, there's only one or two. You really only need one or two. Romero, usually, usually I think you're like a happier person than you are today. Like no, in... I am. It's just that I'm 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 an optimistic I'm I'm an optimistic person, but I am also a realist. And like when it's time to get real, I'm real. So second part of Pat's question to close things out on this week's episode of the scoop. And as Pat always says when he transitions into the fun part, 
what would be the topic of the Netflix docu-series made about the other people on the show? Individual docu-series here. Whoa. What would the focus be on? Keep in mind the true crime angle. Statute of limitations is up, mind you. Let's start. I want to start with the Netflix docu-series on Johnny's Wizlack. Oh, my. Interesting. Ooh. All world runner turn Philly's bad boy. Fall, yeah, from, the... fall from grace. <laughs> Icarus. Yeah. Johnny, the Johnny Swisslack story. He flew too close to the when sun. He ran too close to the sun. <laughs> when equipment started to go missing from opposing teams, clubhouses. Mm, the uh, I do kind of like the angle of, I don't know where your wallet is. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> oh. Let's not put that out in the air. I was like, Johnny's like, please, <laughs> please, please Johnny's, do Johnny's a great kid. Nah, he would never a, do Johnny's that. a class A. He would never do this. This is fantasy land. We're not. You don't usually that. suspect oh, yeah. the person. I'm saying that does is, it. I would be nicer to him. Wait, what was that, Kyle? It's like it's not usually the person you suspect. So him being a nice guy, like he's gonna be the last one they look at. For when, yeah, when did? I'm just saying, opposing. When teams. did Shohei Otani's like Shohei Otani's loose like hairs disappear from uh, the locker room? Johnny selling on eBay. That's that's crazy. I, I envision a more positive thing where like you're like the the bat boy in the natural where like someone maybe a couple years down the line you are the Phillies bat boy. Oh, Adam Cornelli moves on. So you're you're now the Phillies bat boy. Bryce, it's like Game Seven of the World Series. Bryce hooks just a just a a, a rocket down the right field line, five feet foul. Comes back and his favorite fat, his favorite fat, his favorite bat is broken, and you go pick him out a winner. He says, "Johnny, pick me out a winner," and you come back and you're like, "Bryce, I made this bat from a piece of wood, just off of Route 422 from a tree that was struck by the lightning." That's what I see for you, like Mike. <laughs> no, it's it's literally the natural. It is the plot. It is the the plot of the natural. <laughs> I mean, in that scenario, if Bryce Harper, two and two count, bottom of the ninth, two outs, down by two, guy on first, and he asked Johnny to pick out a bat, Johnny's soiling his pants. Like, that is not a moment. Okay, okay. soiling might be an understatement. <laughs> like, you are not going to handle that well. I wouldn't handle it well, so I wouldn't expect you to handle it well. I, I disagree. Like, I think Johnny's got a stern Here's, side here's a him. bat I found that's loosely constructed from paper mache and, uh, and a matchbox. And like, all right, well. I trust you, Johnny. I took this off of one of your action figures. (laughs) (laughs) He's just up there. Just if they throw outside, it's gonna be tough to reach. (laughs) I think we also missed the. We also missed like the Netflix docu series part of this because where's the docu series in this? This is just eight episodes. Easy. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's that. We're just talking about like the penultimate. That's the cliffhanger before the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rymir. Docu-series about Ramir Vaughn. Oh, what's the topic? I don't know. I'll tell you what. First episode, it ends with Ramir going to Drexel to take the engineering class. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. It has to be something along the lines of like he could have been an engineer. Yeah. Like, chose not to. Like that's like the yeah. cliffhanger. And then by episode three, it's my favorite video, which I won't you know I won't tell you how to find it, but he. Uh, he does an interview with Bleacher Report. Uh, I know what he's talking that, about. That's when everything starts getting going. And uh, I think I think that's where we take off from there. And then it's just his grind to the top, you know? I like that. I wouldn't change it. <laughs> what you, Declan, what's your, your docuseries about? Um, that's a good question. 
Uh, I picture it as like the Joker, but like Jesus, <laughs> but with more murder, more murder. <laughs> You're just driving on 495 South. I wanted to be like a psychological thriller about my life. Like on 95, or do I go 495? Completely fabricated. Yeah, that wasn't bad. <laughs> that wasn't a bad Joker voice. That was pretty good. I, I said it was bad. No, I said uh, it was not a bad. Was not a bad. Oh, okay. Voice. I was gonna say. I thought. I'm not used to I mean, I'm the closest to the laptop. <laughs> All the years of Kyle just roasting John <laughs> came up there. Uh, in the, in the, batter, batter John how long have we known each other since like 2010 ish? 2009, I believe. How many, how many compliments? In no, no, don't paint this shit. If anything, years, if anything, in, I'm in more. 15 years, no, you think you've given no, me? No, 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 no. Absolute bullcrap. Do I have to bring up the? 152 hour long phone calls I used to get from you where I got to just like fluff you up for two hours and say, John, like you're a great guy. There's a, it's definitely not your fault that all these women keep leaving you. Like it's definitely. No. <laughs> do so not. What if that happened on words? <laughs> do not, do not paint the picture that I'm out here being like, well, yeah, you do deserve pain. Like, no, I've always been complimentary. <laughs> if anything, oh. other way around. Okay. Can't drink from an empty cup. We got my docu series out of the way. (laughs) It's the patchwork. (laughs) Oh my god! I'd watch it. Uh, We'd get nine seasons. Yes, after (laughs) we get legendary runs. After after five or six dates with a girl, she broke things off with me over a direct message on words with friends. There you go. I didn't know we were going to bring it up. (laughs) So good out there. You are a great guy. Just not my type of great guy. I was like, oh. I texted Kyle. It's like this thing ended. He goes, "Oh, buddy, I'll be home. I'll be home a little bit." When I when I told when I told my sister in law that it happened, she thought that she was like trying to. She was like, "Wait, did she spell out like done on the script on the Scrabble board?" It's like, no, over <laughs> No, it was. I was like, no, it was. It was. It was a. It was a message that I read while waiting for the subway to go home. So, uh, Brutal. yeah, Is he playing words with friends, or did she was just we like, had been, we had, we had... <laughs> did, did the game you get finished? Download the words with friends app so I can communicate with you on this. <laughs> did you guys finish the match? Like, after she broke up with you via words with friends, did you continue well, yeah, of to, course. to play that game? That's a great question. Of course, she did. I mean, you're like, like two point message received, message received. I, I don't really appreciate the way you did it. Anyway, here's my like, it just. It's like the, the LeBron meme where he's like he's playing the Celtics, he's on the Heat, and he like is on he like uh, puts his hands on his knees and he like makes this like locked in face. That's exactly what John looked like. That <laughs> yeah, that's he was like I gotta I gotta win this game. Yep. So I was like, no, who else you know? Who else board. you know out here dropping quirky thirty one points? Your docu series, but you you become a, a Joker like character. Yeah, and you just completely re- completely fabricated just how I want my life story to be remembered. Mm. How about Kyle? Mm, we open. <laughs> you shook his head. You shook his head. We open That's... on the river. <laughs> on the river in, in the kayak. Bring him on river, baby. <laughs> I was out there. Out there in the wilderness. I don't know. I've lived a very eventful life, John. You can just tell by the, the wear and tear on this face. I've been out there. <laughs> I, what about a what about an opening scene where, where you and Paul, since we brought up Paul earlier, you guys are Did we? 
watching music video Monday and you're just watching a string of Taylor Swift videos and you let me let me be clear extremely the, upset with with Travis Kelsey the Facebook uh memories of you posting God when you were in like your worst stage of posting so many Facebook statuses and you would like mock me for watching Taylor Swift I was 12 years ahead of the game okay I recognize yeah, talent early on so your dot the docu-series about Kyle Gauss Overcoming um, the hard expectations of growing up in middle-class suburbia. It's just like a real, like, overcoming hardships. I don't know. I don't think I'd feel... I'd be the guy that, like, you would assume that it'd be a good docu-series because it's put out by Netflix, and you're like, this is great. This is going to be just as good as the one about the guy, the fertility doctor that impregnated half a town. It's going to be just as good, and then you wouldn't get through all eight episodes. You'd get through, like, the first episode, and you're happy. You're like, you know what? Not that exciting. Starting in Muncie, Indiana? I did not start in Muncie, Indiana, but I did live in Muncie. I know. Indiana. I said, would would the docuseries start, pick up with where your life was and like when you were in junior high in Muncie, Indiana? I would think that's where a lot of my anecdotes probably started because my first like 11, 12 years in, in downtown weren't that eventful, I guess. But yeah, Indiana, I would say, is when I kind of got let off the leash. And I that's had a the, random. That's the name, Kyle Gauss Unleashed. <laughs> I had a random memory the other day in Indiana how we used to just go to junkyards to find uh parts for cars like that was just like a thing we did like oh my buddy's mirror got smashed when he would like hit a mailbox let's go find another mirror and we would just drive into a junkyard and find a mirror and take it off of like a junkyard car and attach it to his i just suppressed that memory for 15 years but I, it happened i have that memory it sounds like a John Cougar Mellon camp lyric. <laughs> I can only picture the uh, scene in High School Musical 3 where they're in the junkyard. <laughs> and this was also during the time when uh, high schoolers would put like ridiculous bass in the back of their car to the point it was like rattling. So we were listening to probably like ludicrous rattling things just driving into this junkyard to find loose Why parts. Why the mirror broke? <laughs> <laughs> And with that, we'll bring this episode to a close. Oh, real quick. Uh, Temple J asked, how many new starters do you see on both sides of the ball? Oof, all of them. On defense, it might legitimately be like nine. I'm going to say seven on defense. Offense, I imagine like you'll see some like stragglers from like wideouts. Like Zay Baines is still going to play. Dante Zay Wright's Baines. still going to play. Ian Stewart, if he's healthy. Yeah. Like Wisdom Corsi is still going to have a, a role. I'd be surprised if Wiz isn't one of the five starting Joe offensive line. I was going to say, do you count Joe Quez then? No, because I think Darvon took over later. I would agree with that. So then, yeah, it's a new person. I'll set the over-under on both sides combined at 15 and a half. I think that's a good line. What, yeah, what is, I think uh, that's perfect, actually. What's over-under on what? 15 on both sides. Yeah, new starters, starters. sides, 15 and a half. I yeah, I would take the over on that. Yeah, I think so. I agree. The offensive line is where it gets interesting. Right. Can you really count anyone as a starter besides like That's true. Victor and Rich Rod? Luke Watson. And, and, I would um, say Watson. Watson. Luke Watson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Corsi. Yeah. Okay. So never mind. That's All right. Fine. Here we go. Drop the curtain, yeah, guys. Another great episode. <laughs> Covered a lot of ground. A lot of ground. <laughs> Thanks a lot to of ground. Thanks to Chris Weezahan for the the most serious and down to earth portion of the of the pod today. And uh, keep an eye on Netflix in the next few years. Thanks, Maybe. Pat Egan. Pat Egan always gets us way off topic. It's what he <laughs> likes what he likes to do. So uh, big thank you to all of you for listening for another episode. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.